It was one dark night in the garden. His friends, well, they were asleep. Jesus, he was fully awake, aware knowing what lay ahead. His soul troubled, yet he prays, Father, not as I will, but as you will. Then one of the twelve, who once followed, betrayed his master with a kiss. The Sanhedrin surrounding him, and Peter, well, he seeks to defend his master by striking his sword to cut off the ear of the servant. Jesus, taken away. No charges or wrongs, just Jesus, the perfect Son of God. He was mocked, spat upon, stripped and given a robe. Hail, King of the Jews, they cried, and they led him away to be crucified. Your sin and mine laid on the cross that he carried. On his back, the whips, on his head, the thorns. The crowd sat and watched, some mourned and some wept, an innocent death for their master and their friend. He was lifted upon the cross beside two criminals. Some shouted, if you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. But Jesus, he knew where he ought to be. The earth went dark, the curtain in two, and there he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Into the tomb he went, but it wasn't there that he would stay. You see, darkness thought it had won, death thought it had the last say, but it didn't. That final breath turned out not to be his last because Jesus, well, he arose. 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 Morning church, let's stand to our feet as we worship together.
you take your seats this morning as we come before the Lord's table. Good morning. We welcome you here to our service this morning and each Sunday morning we break bread. It's so that we remember the Lord Jesus. But this particular day is the day where we reflect where Jesus Christ had risen from the dead. Thank you, Lord. He has risen. Thank you, God. And something which I learned many, many years ago, it's, I suppose, something of tradition. But when someone would say, he has risen, the congregation would reply, he has risen indeed. So I will say it again. He has risen. He has risen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. As I've already said, today is the greatest event in history. And we are privileged people where we can come to remember the Lord Jesus. Dr. Luke writes in Luke chapter 24, verse 6 and 7. He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you. While he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise here we read jesus had fulfilled what he had prophesied previously in the book of matthew where he told his disciples that he would rise from the dead on the third day and yet many doubted even the disciples doubted if the resurrection were possible in years gone by, and indeed today, many still doubt the resurrection ever took place. Some will say the disciples removed the, and stole the body of Jesus. However, Matthew 27, verse 62 to 66 tells us that a Roman guard was there to guard the tomb. There are around 50 armed Roman soldiers guarding the tomb who could face death should Jesus' body be removed. And therefore that dispels another myth that perhaps the soldiers had fallen asleep or that maybe they were given money to allow the disciples to remove Jesus' body. The tomb, the tomb was on a slope gradient and a channel cut into the ground where the stone was rolled into position. The stone boulder was around two ton in weight and when rolled into position was sealed with rope and wax. I can tell you from experience as a stonemason that no man or group of men is removing a two ton um, piece of stone which had been secured and even if that were possible it wouldn't have been possible to do it under the nose of 50 armed guards. And even if those guards had all fallen asleep, it would be absolutely impossible to remove the stone in silence. Friend, what about you this resurrection Sunday? Are you a Christian? Are you a follower of Christ? Or is your heart just like that stone? Hard, rugged, weighed down with the concerns of this world? May today be the day where Christ, just as he was raised from the dead, enters your heart by the power of his Holy Spirit and reveals himself to you to cleanse you afresh and to give you a hope and a future. Robert Laurie penned these words of an old hymn way back in 1874. Lo, in the grave he lay, Jesus, my Savior, waiting the coming day, Jesus, my Lord. Up from the grave he arose, with a mighty triumph o'er his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain, and he lives forever with the saints to reign. He arose, he arose, hallelujah, Christ arose. Vainly they watch his bed, Jesus, my Savior. Vainly they seal the deed, 
Jesus, my Lord. Death cannot keep its prey. Jesus, my Savior. He tore the bars away. Jesus, my Lord. Isn't it something where we can say this Jesus is my Jesus? This is our Jesus. And so as we come to remember the Lord Jesus, you will have a small cup in front of you. And if you're saved this morning, then this is a time for those who are believers to break bread and remember the Lord Jesus. But if you're not yet a Christian this morning, then I would say to you, just leave the emblems and don't partake. And please don't feel embarrassed. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23 to 24, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, we thank you this morning for the privilege where we can come around your table as an act of remembrance, but also an act of celebration, where we remember that you paid the ultimate cost for us and yet rose again to give us life, to give us hope and to give us a future. Lord, accept our thanks. Amen. Paul continues in verses 25 to 26. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat his bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Father, we thank you for the reminder of your blood. We thank you that this is the new covenant. Lord, we thank you that today marks the real Good Friday agreement where Jesus went on Good Friday, where he was crushed for us, where he rose again, giving us redemption and justification through his blood. Father, thank you for your goodness to us. Father, we pray for the remainder of our service this morning. We pray for Jackie. Pray, Lord, that you would anoint them by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, most importantly, we pray that if there be a man or a woman in this place this morning who aren't saved, Lord, we pray that today would be the day where they would recognize their need of Christ. And Lord, that in your mercy and in your grace, they would come into a new relationship with the living God. In your name we ask it. Amen. Amen, church. We're going to stand and sing a hymn together. And I pray that the words of this would just settle on your heart as we come, um, just come from the table and come around God's word later on.
Thank you, worship team, and thank you, Darren, as well, um, for bringing us around the table. Church, there's a few things I want to make you aware of before we come to the message. Uh, there's no Tuesday night meeting this week, um, so please do not turn up on Tuesday because that is not happening. Uh, we want to remind you of church later on tonight as well. We have our 6.30 p.m. service, and Claire Larmer is going to be sharing. At, I'm right in saying that, aren't I? Yeah, I'm not throwing Claire under the bus. Claire is going to be sharing later on, um, so we're excited to hear. Yeah, go ahead, give Claire some love. And then following the evening service, um, Athena has arranged a supper because tomorrow it's Pastor Matt's 50th birthday. <laughs> we'll save the chorus until later, maybe we'll. So yeah, we're going to have a supper after the evening service. So you're all more than welcome to come to that uh, tonight. And then next Saturday, for those who are heading down, uh, it's the CCI Movement Day. So the CCI Church Conference is happening next Saturday. And those who are leaving from church, we're leaving at 7.45 a.m. Um, so yeah, just to make you aware then, 7.45 a.m., uh, the bus will be taken off from church. Uh, so as I said, you don't have to hear from me this morning. We don't have to hear from Pastor Matt this morning either. So church, could you please join me in welcoming one of our elders, Jackie Roberts, is going to come and share. Praise God. It's like getting through a maze or so was amazing. <laughs> That was amazing, amazing worship this morning, um, team. Absolutely brilliant. A lovely word, Darren. Thank you for that. Um, praise God. Jesus is alive this morning. Yeah. The dead. You're a dead, you're a dead dried up lot. I said, Jesus is alive this morning. Praise him. That's more like it. The message, the message I want to bring this morning um, up and ask. Oh, yes, there's my thing. Hope this thing's on, it's working, I don't. The journey to the cross, um, <clears throat> Pastor Matt asked me to, to speak on this, but before we do come to this message, there's a very important verse in the word of God that I want to share with you. And I believe from my heart 
that this is probably one of the most important verses that we have in the Bible. And this isn't working. Ah, that's it, right. It's in Revelation chapter 2. And it says this, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. There's this verse in, in, in Revelation chapter 20 tells us, let us have ears to hear what the Spirit says to the churches. You know, it's not, it's not that important to hear what I say or what any other preacher says. It's important for us as believers to hear what the Spirit of God says. The Lord Jesus, after his resurrection, ascended to heaven. And on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit ascended and filled the hearts of the believers. And the church was born on the day of Pentecost. And that same Holy Spirit is at work today in the church in the hearts of those who are true believers. And he is still speaking through God's word. And he has a message for everyone in here this morning. No matter who you are, no matter what you're going through, today, this Easter Sunday morning, this Resurrection Sunday, God the Holy Spirit wants you and I to have ears to hear what he wants to say to the church. So this morning as we come to God's word, let us open the ears of our hearts. Let us allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you and I this morning. And above all, let him, let him, the Holy Spirit, glorify the Lord Jesus. Let's just pray as we come to God's word. Our Father God, we thank you for the hope of the resurrection. We thank you, Lord, that you are alive today and we praise your name. And we pray as we turn to your precious word, that, Lord, you would bless your word, you would anoint your word, that, Lord, even as we've read your, the scripture this morning, let us all have ears to hear what the Spirit has to say through your word this morning. So, Lord, we ask you to bless your word. We'll pray for the anointing of your Spirit upon your blessed word. We'll give you the praise and glory. The hope of the resurrection. I'm not sure what I'm doing here. Check out for us. That's it, thank you. Praise God. The hope of our resurrection. First Peter 1 verse 3 says this. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in his great mercy. He has given us new birth into a living hope. And we sang about the living hope this morning through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. God he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We all to this morning have a hope in Christ. God has a divine plan for each and every one of us. God's plan is this, that we will have a hope. It says in backwards, Genesis chapter 1, sorry, this is not working. That's it. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. God's plan this morning includes you. For I know, here's what he says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and the future. No matter what is happening in the world today, no matter what is happening that's going on in your life today, your personal life, God has a plan. God has a plan for each and every one of us. Even though you might say, think this morning, God's, is God really in, does he really have a plan? Is he really in control? God has a plan. Right from the very beginning of the, uh, uh, of the world, God had an amazing plan. Genesis chapter 1, God had a plan. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image. There was a, a conversation going on in heaven. A conversation that included God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And the three of them got together and God the Father said, let us make man in our image. And that's Genesis chapter 26. In Genesis chapter 27, God's plan was fulfilled. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. God had a plan. 
And God still has a plan. There was a man called Abraham. And God had a plan for this man, Abraham. Genesis 12, 2-3 says, Abraham, I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and I will make your name great. You will be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. God had a plan for this man, Abraham. And God's plan for Abraham was fulfilled through the nation of Israel. We look at Israel today and we see the, the, the amazing scientific leaps they have made. The amazing strategies they have for, 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 for warfare and different things. The amazing country of Israel. God blessed Abraham and God created, had that plan. There was a, a young boy in, in Genesis chapter 50. And God had a plan for this boy. His name was Joseph. And Joseph and his brothers who were jealous of him put Joseph into the pit. And then they brought him out of the pit, sold him into slavery. Then because of the lies and slander that a woman made against him, he was thrown into prison. But if we read the book of Genesis, it says time and time again, the Lord was with Joseph. When Joseph was in the pit, God had a plan. When Joseph was sold into slavery, God had a plan. And when he was thrown into prison, God had a plan. He eventually became the second most powerful man in Egypt. God had a plan. So throughout the Bible, we could go on about that. But throughout the Bible, we see that God has a plan. And that plan led to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, being born in Bethlehem. That plan led that that Jesus would grow up in Nazareth, leaving his home, become an itinerant preacher, healing the sick, raising the dead. God had a plan for his son. And God has a plan for you this morning. What did Jeremiah say? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and the future. And that hope, and we've read it, that hope is through the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. God has a plan. The prosperous, we're not preaching the prosperity um, gospel here. We're preaching that God meets our need. God undertakes for us when we have a need, he meets that need. A plan to give us hope and the future. What a future we have as believers this morning. But you know, none of us, none of us knows the total plan that God has for us. We only see God's plan in our lives being revealed step by step. And our pastor spoke about that last week where he mentioned about the jigsaw and how the jigsaw is one piece at a time. That is how God reveals his plan to us. I wonder if you ever ask yourself, why does God not reveal the whole of his plan for us? Why does God not reveal it? The reason God doesn't show all of his plan for us, that he knows that somewhere along the road, we would try and change that plan. If we knew according to God's plan that a certain event was going to happen, and we knew that a certain day at a certain time that event would happen, we would do everything we could to change that event. And we would try and go out of the plan of God. So God doesn't reveal all of his plan for us. But what he does say, and we'll see it later on, God does say this, that I will be with you, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. No matter what the plan of God is, he will always be with us. But how do I know that we would do that? How do I know that if we knew, if we knew the fullness of the plan of God for our lives, we would try and change it? Because of what happened in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus was in the garden and he was praying. And here's the scripture. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. Going a little farther, he fell on his face to the ground and prayed. My father... If it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. 
Couldn't you men keep watch of me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and prayed, My father, if it's not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. Jesus twice prayed to his father. You see, Jesus knew the plan of God from the the beginning to the end. He knew what lay ahead. He knew that he would go to that cross. He knew the suffering he would go through. Every time the Lord Jesus walked into the the city of Jerusalem, he would walk down that road. And on each side of that road, there were crosses for miles and miles. Crosses, and on those crosses were men, thieves, robbers, and uh, and murderers who were being executed in, in public with all these crosses. And every time Jesus walked in, he would remember, someday I will be on that cross. Someday that will be my fate. Someday that will be the plan of God for me. And Jesus knew exactly what he he was going to go through. There's one other thing that he knew about. I'll speak about that later. And Jesus went went to the Garden of Gethsemane. He knew exactly what he was going to have to face. And he prayed, my God, if it's possible... If it's possible, may this cup be taken from me. What was he praying? Father, if it's possible, can you not change your plan for me? Can you not? Do I have to go through this? Jesus knew what he would have to go through. And he asked his God, if it was possible, could he change it? But you know, it was not possible. In the plan, in the divine plan of God, God knew that he, Jesus, would have to go to the cross. That the Lamb of God would have to take away the sins of the world. The sacrificial Lamb of God would have to go to that cross. And Jesus said, if it's possible, please let this cup pass from me. It wasn't possible. God's plan for his son. There was one other thing that Jesus knew about. And that was probably the most hurtful, painful thing that Jesus would have to face. And it's found in Matthew 27. Jesus is on the cross. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You see, Jesus knew that his father, because he had become sin, you see, you must remember this, church. When Jesus was in heaven with God, He was eternal. He was immortal. He could never die. So before he could become the Lamb of God, he had to be born a man. That's why he was born in Bethlehem. That's why he grew up in Nazareth. That's why he left and he preached the word of God. He became a man. But the Bible says that Jesus was the spotless Lamb of God. He had no sin. He had no sin. You and I, he was the only person to be born never to have sin. And we know the Bible tells us this morning, stay with me here. The Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. And the reason why you and I, no matter who we are, we will all go through death sometime. In God's time, we will all go through the valley of the shadow of death. Because of sin. The wages of sin is death. But Jesus, as he grew up, had no sin. So how could he pay the way? How could the wages of sin be paid because Jesus had no sin? When Jesus went to the cross, every sin of every man, woman, boy, and girl, whoever was born or whoever would be born, and that includes you and I this morning, Every sin that we committed was put upon Jesus. He who knew no sin became sin. And that is how Jesus was able to die on the cross. The wages of sin is death. And Jesus paid the wages of sin by going through death. And before Jesus died, he cried those words out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus faced something that God had promised his people he would never do to them. Why did I say that? 
In Hebrews chapter 13, here's what we say. Here's what he says. The writer to Hebrews. Keep your lives free from the love of money. And be content with what you have. Because God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. And when the writer of the Hebrews wrote those words, he was going back to 1 Chronicles 28 verse 20, where the Lord said to his people, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. He was going to 1 Kings chapter 8 verse 57, where the Lord said, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. He was going to Deuteronomy chapter 31 verse 8. Well, the Lord says to his people, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So God spoke to his people. And God said to his people, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And Jesus knew when he would go to that cross that his father would turn his back on him. And you know, churches, because of you and I this morning, because of our sins, God's plan It will always be fulfilled no matter what the cost. God's plan for your life and my life this morning. Again, we'll read it. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and the future. God's plan for you and I this morning. And no matter what that plan is, God said he would never leave you. He will never forsake you. And he will be with you every step of every hour, of every minute of every day. There were two men who were walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus. It was the afternoon of the Sunday morning. They had experienced those scenes of the death of their Lord Jesus of whom they were disciples. Now the Bible doesn't say how long they were disciples for. We don't know that. But it says they were downcast, they were devastated, they were sad of heart. And here's what the scriptures say. Luke chapter 24, verse 13. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. You see, they were going through such devastation. They were going through such hurt. They were going through such pain because they had lost their Lord Jesus. And they were talking about it. They were downcast. And they didn't realize that Jesus had drew alongside You know, it's not just like you and I sometimes. Sometimes circumstances happen in our lives and we feel hurt and we feel downcast and we feel so sad. And we forget to realize that Jesus Christ is with us every minute of the day. When we're going through the circumstances, and I know today, this morning, there are people in this church who are going through some terrible circumstances. But listen, no matter who we are, we all go through terrible circumstances in our lives. Every one of us. But remember this, that Jesus is with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Jesus Jesus came up and walked alongside them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, he asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. They were so sad. They were so hurt. They were so devastated because of what had happened. One of them named Cleopas asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And you know, God God has a sense of humor, honestly. Jesus turned around and he says to them, what things? What are you talking about? You know, the whole, every, everything that had happened in Jerusalem was concerning our Lord Jesus Christ. And he was walking beside these men. And these men said, are you the only one in Jerusalem? Hasn't heard of what has happened? And Jesus says, what things? He said to them, how foolish 
how foolish you are and how slow to believe all the, the, all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and enter, then enter his glory? Then, and I love this scripture, then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said and all the scriptures concerning himself. Jesus began to speak to them through the Old Testament. And through, through, the, through Moses and the, the tabernacle and, 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 and the, the sacrificial lamb and the Passover, Jesus explained everything in the scripture concerning himself. And we'll go then to verse 30, verse 30 for the sake of time. When he was at the table with them, he took bread. He gave thanks, he broke it and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? Why they, when Jesus broke, and we have, we have broken bread this morning. When Jesus went to their home, he had a meal with them, he broke bread, and then their eyes were opened. He reckon, they recognized that this was the risen Lord. This was the risen Christ. And then they remembered as Jesus was walking, as they were going along the road, and Jesus was explaining the word of God, their hearts were burning within them. I wonder this morning, is your heart burning within you this morning? As you hear the Lord would say, I'll never leave you, I will never forsake you. As you hear that Jesus is a alive this morning. These two men had failed to remember all the things Jesus had taught them. That he would die, that he would be buried three days, and he would rise again. They didn't realize that in their sorrow, in their disappointment, in their devastation, they didn't realize that Jesus had drawn alongside them. Teaching them the word of God about himself. And that's why I started off this morning with the, that, that wee verse. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And the, and the Holy Spirit is here this morning. And he wants to speak into your heart and into my heart. It was in the breaking of bread that they recognized him and realized the hope they had. The plan of God in your life is to prosper you, to meet your need, to undertake for you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and the future. Even though we don't see all the plans for our lives, God, as I said, God doesn't reveal all the plan. He reveals it step by step, moment by moment, hour by hour, day by day. But we can be assured that he is in control. We step out in faith in the, into the great unknown. And we don't know what the tomorrow holds. None of us know that. But the great, the great unknown that we step, in, step out into is not unknown to God. The, our future is completely known. He knows the way that he would lead it. He's leading us. He sees the end from the beginning. And the word of God says his way is perfect. Do you know... The hope we have this morning, and I read the scripture out, the hope is in the resurrection of Christ. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into living hope. We have a living hope this morning. The hope we have is alive. Because through the resurrection of Christ, through the res because Jesus rose from the dead, we have a living hope. And no matter what we're going through, and there's a wee, a wee song. That I, I, I'm not going to sing it, don't worry. <laughs> why, why are you laughing, Reese? <laughs> no, I'm not going to sing it. I know my, my, it's great saying Dougie and Linda here this morning, isn't it? Praise God. Dougie and Linda, and following myself, we've been great friends for many years. We were there best man and bridesmaid and they were our best man and bridesmaid we've known each other for many years and we used to sing together in a group Amazing Grace and it became we changed the name it became, became Keys of the Kingdom but there was a song we sang in that group and the reality of that song I've been saved now for over 50 years and the more I look back at this song the more I hear it 
the more I realize how true it is. And here's the words of the song. And maybe you can relate to this this morning. I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. There's been times I didn't know right from wrong. But in every situation, God gave me blessed consolation that my trials come only to make me strong. And the verse is that the course is this, through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend on his word. I've been a lot of places and I've seen a lot of faces. There's been times I felt so all alone. But in my lonely hours, yes, those precious lonely hours, Jesus lets me know that I was his own. And then we'll have the chorus again. And the last verse is this. I thank God for the mountains. I thank him for the valleys. I thank him for the storms he's brought me through. For if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that God could solve them. I'd never know what faith in God could do. And through it all, I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, I've learned to depend on his word. Praise God. What an amazing song. And, the more, and the, 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 the more you live and the more experiences you go through, you realize that wee song that was written, I don't know, 50 years ago, I suppose. That wee song is so true. But God's way this morning is perfect. Even though we mightn't understand it, we mightn't see why. This morning in your circumstances, trust our great God. A great, all-powerful, all-knowing, omnipresent, omniscient God. He knows all about you this morning. He has a plan for your life. And his plan is being worked out if you are a true believer. And maybe this morning you're here, maybe you're not saved. You know, maybe you need to realize, realize what Christ has done. You've heard how he went to the cross for you. How he suffered and died for you. You've heard how even his own father turned his back on him. How his own father forsook him. Something God said he would never do to his people. This is what Jesus Christ went through. He bore your sins this morning. He bore your sins on that tree. Let's look at our opening scripture again. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. You're not just in living hope this morning. You have living hope. And it's through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus is alive this morning. Jesus is alive this morning. Praise God. And listen, there's an amazing scripture Listen to this. The plan of God is to give us hope, and that hope is through the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here's what the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Rome. Romans 8. Romans 8, verse 11. And if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Do you get that this morning, church? The spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead. Jesus lay in that tomb. Friday night, Saturday, all day Saturday, Jesus lay in that tomb. And on Sunday morning, the first Easter, when we celebrate this morning, the spirit of the living God began to move in that lifeless body. And the spirit of the living God moved upon Christ. And Jesus began to breathe. And life, became, life came into that body again. And because of the spirit of God raising Christ from the dead, Jesus ascended, Jesus rose from the dead victorious over death, hell, and the grave. That same spirit, that raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit that is living within you this morning. 
That is the power, the anointing of God's Holy Spirit. That's who you and I have this morning. The same Spirit that entered that dead body of Christ. And that lifeless body of Christ became, became animated, became life, became living again. Praise God, because of the spirit of the living God. And that spirit of the living God is living within you this morning. Living within me. And I think that's worth a hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. (laughs) Praise God. The spirit of the living God lives within you. And he is leading you. He is guiding you. He is taking you through things that maybe we, we would rather not go through. But remember, he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And he will be with you until the day that we stand face to face. And we will glorify God. But why not glorify God this morning? Why not worship God this morning in your circumstances? Praise him and worship him. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. I know because of circumstances in your life, it's so hard. But remember this morning, the spirit that raised Christ from the dead is that same spirit that lives within you and he will never leave you alone he will be with you every step of the way praise God praise God, hallelujah thank you Lord Jesus Lord we give you the glory, praise God hallelujah, let's just pray this morning oh blessed be the name of Jesus Lord, we give you all the praise, honor, and glory this morning. We thank you, Lord, that we do have a hope. And that living hope is through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we thank you this morning, the spirit of the living God is dwelling within you, dwelling within us this morning. That we are the temples of God's Holy Spirit. And Lord, we give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. Receive the praise tonight, this morning. Receive the honor this morning. And we'll give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, let's start and celebrate the resurrection this morning.
this morning we thank you for everything that that means to us God we give you all the glory all the honor and all the praise today in this place in the name of your precious son Jesus